But you never really run into the right thing. You just run around town with your bad things. Yeah, you told me everything you did. You always run it in your circles, bed. But I don't really fit in your shape. Always watch it go round and round and up and down, but it's all fake. You always run it in your circles. Oh, 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 circles. Hi, my name is Evan Herman, and I'm documenting my journey on becoming the best version of myself while learning how to be an entrepreneur and developing the successful habits that are necessary to get and keep me there. If you want to come alongside of me and make this journey together, we'll be listening and learning from some of the world's greatest mentors in the areas that matter most, faith, family, finances, friendship, fitness, and fun. So join me on the Whole Person Podcast. Today, we have a special show for you. I don't know if you've ever heard of this TV show called... Golly, it's been so long since it's been aired. I, th- I think it's called American Idol. Yeah, yeah. That, you know, that Ryan Seacrest dude, Katy Perry, you know, that country singer guy. And um, there's this really famous African-American guy that sings quite well. I think his name is like Lionel Richie or something like that. I, I don't know if you've ever heard of the show, but today we have a guest with us who actually is currently on American Idol and who I think is probably going to win American <laughs> Idol. So today we have Gina Fontanella with us mm-hmm. who is the next winner of American Idol for this. Oh, wow. Wow. I, is, that, is that putting too much pressure on you? I don't know. That's a lot of, that's a lot of pressure. That's a lot of pressure. No, it's, it's all good. There's just some crazy talented singers this season. So we'll see what happens for sure. Uh, you know, you're, you're quite amazing yourself. So I have a feeling you're going to go far. That's so nice. Thank you. Thank you so much. Thank you for having me too. I'm so excited. Well, I'm glad, glad you're on the show. And so you're, you're cousins with Blake, right? Yeah, I am. Yeah. 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 Okay. Like Blake Booth is my cousin. Uh, it's funny cause, uh, actually with all this American Idol stuff going on there, they talk about, Oh, how did you get started in music? And I always say, uh, well, my whole family's pretty musical with the exception of two that are tone deaf. And I always go shout out Blake. <laughs> 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 can't carry a tune to save his life poor thing wanted to too he wanted to sing so bad and he just didn't get the gift (laughs) well you know since blake is one of my best friends and 100 percent, he sucks at singing horrible like and he thinks he can he thinks he can sing uh oh shoot Who's the guy that sings, I got friends in the places i have no idea yeah he he thinks he can sing so well. And I've, and I've, we've had to sit him down and be like, look, Blake, I'm sorry. You got the gift of gab, but not the gift of singing. (laughs) (laughs) Well, for all of you that are listening, Blake was one of my roommates in college, great friend. And I actually got introduced to Gina because I saw a post uh, of his long before you were even on American Idol of you singing. And then I noticed we had like 140 mutual friends and I was like, okay, so I, I, well, she's practically right. a friend by, you know, <laughs> volume. So I saw that you also went to ORU as well. Is that correct? Yeah, yeah, I did. I was, um, I went after Blake had already graduated. Um, so 
uh, Cardiff, his brother and my other cousin, obviously, um, when he was a senior, I was a freshman. Okay. So yeah. So I, I went, I went to ORU and from like 2011 to like 2015. Okay. Did, did you yeah. graduate from ORU? I graduated from ORU, got my degree in music performance and composition and cool. did the whole, the whole thing. Yeah. That is awesome. Yeah. I, I also graduated from ORU, cool. uh, actually in 2010, right along with Blake and Steph. Oh, so uh, like I barely missed you. I missed you like by like a year. Exactly. Exactly. Did you ever come and visit uh, way early on? I did. Oh my gosh. Seriously. Like one, I had been to so many college weekends. Why? I have no idea. I already knew I was going there, but I had been to like six. And I think it was just because my mom wanted to go out there and see family. So I had been to so many college weekends and I'm like, that's a very expensive reason to see family. <laughs> that's awesome. <laughs> but anyways, yeah. So I, I, we probably crossed paths because I like helped Blake clean his room when he was oh leaving for the God. summer. It was so bad. The same with Cardiff when he was an RA. I had to help clean all the guys' dorms like before they left for the summer. It was horrible. So <laughs> enough about roasting Blake. Let's actually get to you. <laughs> right. Um, so how, well, I hope you're seeing this. No, I'm just kidding. Right. Oh, I'm sure he will. Right. But how long have you been singing? How did it start? Yeah. So, um, again, like I said, my family's very musical. Uh, all grew up in the church singing, playing instruments, like everybody in my family kind of just grew up leading worship. And so that kind of got my start into music and I started singing and leading worship. And then, um, as I started going down that path, I was like, I really want to be in music. So I started writing and, and doing all of that. And, uh, and then I went to ORU for music, which then, um, also got me a taste of going into Nashville. And then I ended up living in Nashville for three years and touring full time. Oh, that's awesome. In a very short synopsis, that was kind of the progression um, that had happened. And I just basically just kept going at it and at it and really didn't let anything stop me from the beginning. Okay. So you started off within church um, and now you're kind of breaking off towards secular music, so to say. What, What led you to pursue that route versus just kind of staying in the comfort zone? Right. Um, you know, as, as I started to write, I realized that my natural inclination was to write pop music. It wasn't to write Christian music. And so I kind of just followed the pen, I guess. And, um, cause I, I really loved rock at the time. I really loved classic rock. I really loved jazz. I loved like all these different genres of music. But for some reason, every time I sat down with my guitar to write a song, it was always a pop song. And so then I just was like, okay, well, follow what's happening naturally. And I just kind of went that way. And um, I still write, you know, Christian music every once in a while. You know, as a writer, you kind of dabble into everything. Um, But for the most part, what I stick to is pop. Pop. Okay. So let me ask you this then. What advice would you give someone? Because maybe for you, this isn't as quite accurate as a question because pop naturally came out, but you grew up in a Christian culture that, you know, it would have been very easy to stay in that vein, but you're pursuing music outside of Christendom, which is fine. Yeah. What, what lessons have you learned from going, leaving that comfort zone to exploring other arenas? Yeah. I, I think, I think there's a few things for me. The biggest thing was 
just being true to myself and not letting anything else of my surroundings, positive or negative, uh, influence what I wanted to do or how I felt about something. So for instance, I would sit down and write a song and you know, you get half and half, right? You would get half be like, I like this song. And the other half would be like, this song sucks. And you're just like, okay, I can't listen to any of it. Right. Or you would get half that'd be like, I like this song. Um, or another half that would be like, well, it's not Christian music. And so you get constantly this influence coming in and out of your ears all the time. That's like, it's this, it's that, it should be this, it should be that. And you kind of just have to zone it out and just be like, okay, how do I feel about this? And what do I think I want to do? And then just kind of going from there and just being really true about your feelings about things and and where you want to go and not letting, again, it could be positive or negative influence you at all. Um, That doesn't mean take people's advice. Like that doesn't mean avoid people's advice. I think that there's a balance to be walked on that um, because, you know, when you're an early songwriter, your songs suck. Don't try to act like they don't. They all suck. And everybody tries to act like their songs don't suck. And then when they get like 10 years down the road and they listen back to those songs, they're like, what was I thinking? I'm telling you right now, if you're just starting, your songs suck. And that's fine. It's totally cool. Like we've all been there. But start trying to join with people who maybe are a little bit ahead of you in songwriting, learning from other people and their views. You know, I I started... Um, just getting into sessions with people and realizing, oh, this person really focuses on rhythm. Like, what are they hearing that I'm not hearing? And then I started picking their brain and realized, oh, okay, they're like really focusing on the kick of the kick drum. Or um, another person was like, you have to use words that are just simple. Don't use a complicated word. Yeah. Is it a synonym? Yes. But don't use it because it's the synonym for the word you want to use like just use very simple words. You know what I mean? Most people, when they listen to songs, it's not above a third grade reading level, you know? So it's just going through all of that and finding the balance between listening to when something is good advice, but also being very, very true to yourself, um, in and out the whole time. So this can apply to music or any genre of night life, you know, finding what's true to you, finding your voice, your personality, your, your giftings, your abilities. Not a lot of people might find a musical ability early on or in, in Blake's case, a musical ability at all. <laughs> but, you know, let's say, you know, you're 32, you're my age, you don't have any specific giftings. Yeah. What advice would you give someone who, who wants to maybe start in music or or figure out even something else in life and start to develop to develop just for their own satisfaction and pleasure. Yeah. Um, well, one I would say, don't think that thirty-two is old or anything in that. I feel like because I'm I'm twenty-seven, right? I constantly feel the dooming pressure of I'm getting old. But the reality is, is I haven't even lived half my life yet. Like I'm not even close to living half my life. You're still, I would say even 50 year olds are young. Um, and there's just this idea because most people retire at 55 that you have to figure everything out and you have to get your whole retirement plan figured out because you're retiring at 55. And it's like, no, you could 
have a whole other life after 55. You could do a whole other career after 55 if you wanted to. So I would say that that's the first thing. Second thing is, is if you don't know what you want to do, start trying everything. Literally, if an idea pops in your mind, you're like, I want to, I don't know, trim cats and cut dogs and cat hair and whatever. Cool. Go try it. Go work at Petco for a month. See if you like it. If you hate it, that didn't work out. Move on to the next thing. Um, there's so many different things, um, that you can do and fall in love with and you won't know it until you try it and cross it off the list. So I was really lucky to know really, really at a young age that I wanted to do music. And I just literally from the get-go, just boom, started pursuing it. And I didn't even do it in the way that I think I should have. I think I should have, because right when I was in high school, YouTube was just coming out and I should have hopped on YouTube, but I was too much of a school nerd to like leave my studies behind. But I should have just been like, let me just be a B student, not a straight A student. Don't be lame and focus on YouTube. And I didn't. And that would have been, I think that would have been huge for me. So there's a lot of things that you can learn, you know, and also, you know, even though that happened to me now, still look where I am, right? There's every path that happens for a reason, just because somebody started cutting hair for dogs and cats earlier than you, that doesn't mean that they're going to be more successful than you. Right. So. I want to get back to, you were talking about songwriting earlier and I have a four-year-old and that's just, he was listening to, uh, your Corona, uh, your Corona Oki. Corona Oki. Yeah. Corona Oki. What that is first. Yeah. So I, I started this thing called Corona Oki and it's basically what I say in the caption is it's, it's karaoke for your Corona blues. Um, and basically I just do a live video, um, across all my different platforms of me just playing songs that everybody wants to hear. And people will comment and say, play Dreams by Fleetwood Mac or play Bad Guy by Billie Eilish. And I will play the song. And or Baby Shark. Cool. Yeah, or Baby Shark or Itsy Bitsy Spider. I've, I've, I've done the gamut for sure. Um, but yeah, so it, it's just been a fun thing for me. I don't know. I feel like for me, it's kind of a way to give back because I know people are stuck in their homes. It sucks. Some people are stuck in their homes by themselves, which like isolation is horrible during a time like this. So it's just a way for me to just open communication up and be like, Hey, here's some human interaction. Um, to hopefully brighten your day. So my four-year-old son asked me this question to ask you, you ready for this? I'm ready for this. How long does it take you to write a song? Comma comma what is your process and inspiration some of those words are from me but i'll say a very intelligent four-year-old he is but (laughs) he he phrased the first part which was how long does it take you to write a song and what is that like i'm just referring to the process because that's what he's Right. right so in a typical songwriting session it will take me anywhere from like two to like maybe three hours to write a song from start to finish. You know, some days are worse than others. You know, some days you're like, man, I'm really fighting writer's block and it's going to take me like four hours or days. Um, But for the most part, it's usually about two to three hours that takes me to write a song. And then for a session, it's about four hours because then I'll track a demo, right? So I'll sing for 45 minutes, track all the vocals and everything. 
process wise, I, I try to keep it different every time, uh, just because it really helps me avoid writer's block. Every time I go into a session, I just try to like read the room of how things should go and just keep it that way. And like open and free rather than being like, this is how I do it. Um, just because if I'm very structured and rigid in that way, it kind of like sucks all the creativity out of the room. Um, but typically I will start with just a melody and I'll get on guitar, I'll get on piano or I'll listen to a track and then I'll sing a melody and I'm like, Oh, this melody is really cool. I'll kind of flesh that out. Sometimes when I'm singing a melody, words will come out and sometimes I'll use them. Sometimes I won't. Um, and then after I have a melody flushed out, then I'll start figuring out lyrically where I want to go. Like, do I feel like this song is like salty or do I feel like this song is happy and nice or, you know, and kind of going from there and figuring out, Oh, this is a cool lyric idea or concept or, and then just messing around with that. Okay. Yeah. I try to keep things very like real too. I don't, it's, I take a more of a Swedish approach to songwriting, which is like just very matter of fact. I don't use like a lot of crazy metaphors. I don't like, I'm, I don't, I'm not mysterious. Like when you hear my songs, you know exactly what they're like, hate that. I don't want you back. You know exactly what I'm talking about. There's no like confusion as to what I'm saying or what's going on. It's just very like every day. Right. So what's the process of American Idol like? Because I bet everyone listening wants to know what right. that process is like. So start from the beginning, from trying out before even the judges, because I know there's a pre-audition to... Yeah, yeah. there's... there's um, I, I'm not, I don't know how much I'm allowed to talk fully about the process. Well, just don't get yourself in trouble. Just I know, yeah, but, but um, for me, the process went... Um, I basically two days before, um, was kind of, I don't, I don't even know how, how I'm supposed to say it. Basically I was, I had found out about American Idol two days before and they were like, well, we have our last audition for LA on Saturday. So two days before I had to go in on Saturday and I basically did all the paperwork and everything. Um, to basically try out in front of the judges. So I know some people they've had to do like a few more auditions and I, I'm not, I don't think I'm allowed to really talk too much about that. But, um, for me, I just went in, I filled in the paperwork and then literally tried out in front of all the judges, Katy Perry, Lionel, Luke, and, and basically just sang my song. You have to have a certain amount of songs prepared. Like I, I had to, they wanted me to sing an original. So, um, I, I, I ended up doing that, but, um, I had to have like four songs prepared just in case they asked me to play a cover or another original or, you know, whatever. Right. Um, so how did, because I know people who auditioned for American Idol that had to go through multiple auditions Mm -hmm. and didn't even get to go to the judges. So how did you get to just go straight to the judges? Like, yeah, I, again, I think that's like a little bit of a secret. I'm not allowed to talk okay. too much about no like, worries. I know, I feel so bad. I I want to, but uh, yeah, no and I, I actually was going to like release a video talking about it and American Idol was like, no, it has to be a secret. I think a lot of it just has to do with that's the mystery of the show and that's what keeps people excited is they don't really know like 
how everything goes down. Um, and that's what people are like, Oh my gosh. But like, for instance, um, I know, uh, the, what was that girl's name? I think Courtney Timmons was her name. You know, she was like outside of the building and they just saw her outside of the building and, and Ryan Seacrest like pulled her up. That was like a real thing that happened. That was not like staged. That was not. So he just heard her singing and he's like, come on. She didn't even hear her singing. She just kept lingering around outside. And all these camera people were like, who's this girl like lingering outside? And she finally got the guts to be like, look, I really want to try out. Like, like, how do I do this? How do I try out? And Ryan Seacrest was like, well, just come with me. I'll have you try out right now. So it was a really organic thing. So I know, I know there's a bunch of different stories. So there's not one set way. There's not really one set thing. It's just, it kind of just all happens. Um, so you can't yeah. hack American <laughs> Idol is what you're saying. Yeah, correct. <laughs> correct. <laughs> That's awesome. <laughs> you know, one of the things that when you did uh, perform in front of Katie and Lionel um, and Luke is that your outfit. I mean, I, <laughs> your outfit was out there. Not, not, not in a bad way, but just very yeah. noticeable. You stood out, um, and, which was your, your intention. Right. So, and that's, that's honestly, what's funny about that is, you know, it was funny looking at the comments because half the comments were like, she's trying too hard. And the other half were like, I think this is awesome. And what's funny is, is when I went to do the audition, I was like, what is something that I can wear that I'm just comfortable in that I feel like myself in? And that's literally an everyday outfit for me. That's not like, I mean, right now I don't have a, like a loud jacket on because I'm just like lounging in my house. Like this is basically pajamas. Well, you're on quarantine right now. Like the rest <laughs> right. of the nation. Right. But like, I, I recently like released a TikTok of like it, the perspective of was like, if, if somebody, um, what was the, it was the POV. Oh, it said the, the perspective is, is that when you turn 16, the first words of the person that you're going to fall in love with are put on your wrist. And so, and I did this whole thing. It was a trend going on with TikTok. And in the trend, I changed outfits like 10 times or something like that. And people were like, this is actually what you wear because I had like 10 different jackets that were even louder than the ones that I wore on American Idol. So it's funny that people think it's like, dang, she's like really trying to stand out. And I really was just like, what can I wear that's just like me and comfortable and, you know, whatever. Uh, so it's, it's really funny. A lot of, a lot of people loved it and a lot of people hated it. I was like, eh, it doesn't matter. I'm going to wear it anyways. <laughs> so you're standing there, you're in the blue circle. Yes. You're singing an original song. I don't want you back. And yeah. then you hear the yes, yes, yes. You're going right. to Hollywood. Right. What is going through your mind and body? First, I forgot that I was supposed to walk up and grab the ticket. I was just standing there like, oh, okay, great. And they're like, come, <laughs> come down and grab the ticket. I was like, oh, and I was like, because you're still so in shock. Like you, there's so many cameras around you and there's so many things going on around you, like besides you and the judges that you feel like you're almost caught up in a movie. Like you don't feel like whatever is happening is real. So you, you're just like, I don't know. You almost feel like you're going in slow motion a little bit. You know how like when you get injured and you see everything in slow motion, like that's what it feels like. You're just like, okay, I'm trying to take in everything that's going on, but also, you know, I'm trying to be in the moment. It's just like, 
it's very, very weird. So when you finally go down there and you grab them, you're like, Oh my God, this is actually like a thing. Like I'm go, well to me, I was like, I'm driving 10 minutes down the road to Hollywood, but (laughs) I was like, I'm going to Hollywood. Like, this is so, so weird. It's, it's very surreal. And it happened so last minute because I literally found out on Thursday that I was trying out Saturday. That's so awesome. for me, it was like, is any of this real? What is going on? It's crazy. It almost felt like a dream. So have you had more interactions with the judges uh, than what we originally have seen? Yeah, I've had, I've had a few interactions with the judges, um, especially during Hollywood week. You know, they're we're, we get to sit in the audience and watch everybody's performance. So, and the judges are right there. So they'll turn around and talk to us and, and make jokes and, you know, whatever. But, um, as in terms of like one-on-one, I haven't had any like one-on-one with them at all. Gotcha. What, what is that like? What are they like? Um, Luke is definitely like the goofball one. Like he's always making jokes and like, or some somebody will sing something and then he'll just sing it funny just to sing it funny. Uh, Lionel Richie is more like the wisdom, like, yeah. Or more like deep in thought, like he'll turn around and he'll just like give us like a piece of wisdom about the industry. Like for no reason, he'll just be like, Hey guys, just so you know, like, da 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 da. And you'll be like, that was very insightful. I had no idea. Like he's just very, I don't know, the wise owl, I guess. And, uh, and then, Kate, I don't, Katie is more, Katie to me is more of the stoic one. She's like, you would think she's more of the goofy one, but she wasn't as goofy to me as I feel like I've seen her on other seasons. She was a little more stoic and a little more like put together. But now that we found out that she's pregnant, that makes sense because you're like, oh, well, she's probably being super cautious about the baby bump and, and all these different things. But she, she had her moments. So she's very clever on, uh, how she says things. She's very, very punny. So like when there's like a pun to be said, she like knows it instantly and says it. And I'm like, dang, man, she's so quick. Like it's crazy. So through this whole process, what are some life lessons that you've learned or something that you've gleaned from that you're just like, wow, this, this is a great experience. I'm so glad I learned X, Y, Z. Yeah. Um, Ooh, that's a good question. I think one of the biggest things I learned was how to communicate on television. Mm. I think that was one of the most difficult things for me um, because they'll ask you a question. And even though it's a question that you would like kind of know the answer to, you almost have to set yourself up in a way to, to divulge deeper into your story. And um I didn't think that I did that enough in Hollywood week. I think, um, I think I could have dove a lot deeper into my story and my background and who I was and all these little things. Um, and I, and I didn't do it. And mainly, and mainly it's because I'm not really like the crying type, you know, a lot of people that are like super, the typical emotional artists, they'll just be like, and this happened and you don't even have to like, nudge them to get there. They're just there all the time. Um, and for good TV. Yeah. Yeah. And for me, I, I should have got, I should have forced myself to dive in deeper so that people could connect with me more. Um, but it was, it was very difficult to do that when you have so much going on around you, you literally have like 
a dozen cameras, each one's interviewing someone different. I mean, there's just a lot of things going on and you're like trying to stay focused on what just happened when you just walked off the stage and right. all these different things. So um, since then, I've learned a lot more on connecting to people through the screen. Mm-hmm. So I've taken a lot more time on like my YouTube channel and stuff like that to talk about what that meant to me. And, and you know, because in the music career, it's you hear no most of the time, right? It's like a thousand no's and one yes. And it was nice for me to, in a room of people that I admire, to finally get a yes. It was like, wow, dang, this is, this is a really great moment and a really cool moment in my life to, from people that I highly regard and highly respect for them to say, you're going to Hollywood. You're, we think you're amazing. Here, here you go. Here's a golden ticket. Right. So, what question have I not asked you that I should ask you? Oh, gosh. Um, you could ask what, like, a crazy American Idol story. Okay. Give me, your, give me your crazy American Idol story. Uh, what is my craziest one? <laughs> uh, there's a lot of crazy ones. I mean, other than the fact that we were like, Hollywood Week, you're completely sleep deprived. I mean, you... I think all of Hollywood week, I maybe got like 15 hours of sleep. Wow. It was, I I was exhausted. And before I got to Hollywood week, I was in the emergency room because I couldn't even speak because I was so sick. I, my air was only coming out. So, um, but probably the craziest thing was, is I've, I'm sure everybody has seen on the commercials. This is the first season where they decided not to do groups they decided to do duets. So we're all sitting there and, you know, we've made it through round one and they come in and they go, you thought you were about to do something next, but actually we're flipping it on you guys. We're doing duets. And they were like, find your partner. Okay. It was like hunger games in there. People were running up to each other being like, sing this. And then they'd be like, Ooh, no, I don't think we'll work well together. And you're like, this is so harsh. So I don't function well in those environments. I'm very outgoing, but I don't like making people feel like that. So I literally reclused and I just, I don't even know if, I hope they show me in the corner because I literally stood up on these stairs and I just reclused back and I just watched everybody like find a partner. And then I was like one of six left. And I was like, oh my God, I need to find a partner. I need to find a partner. And like five of the people weren't even my genre. Like they, we, there was no way we would even find a song to do well together. So then there was one girl and I was like, what genre are you? She's like singer songwriter. I'm like, this girl have to work because there's nobody else that I could like do at this point. Right. And I really lucked out because she was really talented and just was a really good musician. Um, uh, her name's Isabel too. If anybody wants to follow her, she's amazing. Um, but yeah, so it, it was it was crazy just watching everybody just like, it, I'm not kidding you. It was like Hunger Games in there. Everybody was sprinting, trying to find a partner and then being like, sing a harmony. And they're like, oh no. And like, I was just like, geez, Louise, this is crazy. That is hilarious. Now yeah. I got to ask you, will you play one of your songs for us? Oh, yes, I can do that. Um, what would you guys, or you guys, <laughs> you like to hear? 
Well, you know, surprise me. Surprise you. Okay. Do do one of yours though. Okay, I'll do one of mine. Um, this song is actually is my next single to come out. It should come out in the next few weeks. It's called Circles. And uh, it's just about my time in LA when I moved from Nashville back to LA. It was a huge adjustment because I had been in Oklahoma basically for four years. And then I was in Nashville for three years. And I had been in the Midwest South for like a total of seven years. And then I come back to LA, which is where I'm from. And I was like, man, I just can't seem to break into any of these circles that are going on. Like there's the pop people. And it it felt like I was in an episode or not an episode, the movie Mean Girls. It was like all these circles and clicks. And I was like, how do I break in? And this song is just kind of a little bit about that and how I ended up being like, screw you guys and your clicks. I'm just going to do my own thing and I'll find good people to just hang out with, you know? Here we go. Um, You got me tripped up in my head Your words go round and round again But you never really want to do the right thing You just run around town with your bad things Yeah, you told me everything you did you always run it in your circles, babe. But I don't really fit in your shape. Always watch it go round and round and up and down, but it's all fake. You always run it in your circles. Oh, oh, uh. oh, circles. Oh, uh. oh, I love all the words you said. You spit them out like it's a trend But you don't want to do the right thing You only care about what they see And I guess it's kind of crazy Cause all they ever do is run, 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 run The same, always running in your circles, babe But I don't really fit in your shape Always watch it go round and round And up and down, but it's all fake you always run it in your circles. Oh, uh. oh, circles. Oh, uh. you don't want to do the right thing. You only care about what they see. And I guess it's kind of crazy. Cause all they ever do is run, 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 run the same. Always run it in your circles, babe. But I don't really fit in your shape. Always watch it go round and round and up and down, but it's all fake. You're always running in your circles. Oh, uh. oh, circles. Oh, uh. oh, always running in your circles. Wow, that's awesome. <laughs> Thank you. Ina Fontanella, everybody. Gina, where can people follow you at? They can follow, I am on everything. So if you're on it, I'm on it. Facebook, Instagram, YouTube, TikTok, does not matter. Uh, my handle is G-E-E-N-A. And then if you put an F and an O, I'm the only Gina Fontanella that exists in the whole Googleable universe. It's only me. <laughs> 
That's awesome. Well, Gina, you know, I'm so excited for the journey that you're on and we'll vote for you every chance we get as well as just really hope that uh, you, you go far in this because you have an amazing talent, amazing voice. And, you know, before we end the show, I, I normally like to end it with three questions. And, and the first question, these are deep, deeper questions here. The first question being, um, in terms of self-talk, the voices that go on inside our head, what current or past negative self-talk have you personally struggled with? Oh, wow. Um, I think for me, it's always perfection. I really, I'm very, very type A and I always want it to be perfect. I want the song to be perfect. I want the look to be perfect. I want constantly, I'm striving for the hundred percent and I've learned since my younger days that perfection is the enemy and it doesn't have to be perfect. People are going to love it for what it is. And they're not expecting you to be that. Um, they're just expecting you to be human. And so that's been probably, and it's hard too, because every time I hear a song, I'm like, oh, I should have, I should have changed this. I should have changed that. And then I'm like, you know what? I've told myself now that when it happens, you, now you have to release it and you have to release it as is because you can't let perfection stop you from releasing content or releasing music or, or honestly just being yourself. Mm, that's so good. What brings you peace? Ooh, what brings me peace? Um, to me, having a routine brings me peace. I like waking up doing, you know, having my spiritual time, my reading time, my workout time. If we're going back to ORU, spirit, mind, and body. Um, just so you know, this is the whole person podcast. Just so oh, you know. Okay, that's yeah. so funny. Holy crap. Uh, yeah, doing the whole spirit, mind, and body um, kind of thing. Having that routine in the morning makes the rest of my day go very peaceful. That's awesome. Mm-hmm. Last last question here for you. Well, technically I have one more after this, but um, what's the best decision that you feel like you've ever made? Oh, wow. Dang, that's so hard. The best decision I've ever made. Other than American Idol. Right. Uh, I, I, I'm like, I feel like I'm about to toot my own horn. Like I've made so many great decisions now. Hey, good for um, you. <laughs> I would probably say the best decision I ever made was pursuing music as my career because none of this would have happened if I wouldn't have made that decision. And I wouldn't have, if I would allowed other people's opinions to influence my decision on what I wanted to do for the rest of my life, I think I would have been very unhappy. And if I wouldn't have stuck to my guns and been like, no, this is what I'm doing. Um, I don't think I would be where I am today. So I think that probably is the best decision. So my son had one more question for you. Oh yeah. I love I love the question. You don't have to answer this one just so you know. Okay. Cause it's a kind of personal question, which I was really surprised. He's four. (laughs) And so this was his question. Are you ready for this? He goes, he, he goes, where does her money come from? 
Oh, I know. Right. Such a good question. You don't have to it answer actually, that. No, it actually, I, I actually really love answering this because I'm, I'm, I get called all the time about how, how do you be a full-time musician, right? Like, how do I do it? How do I make money as a musician? It's so difficult. Um, and I'm actually about to start a company teaches musicians how to make money. Um, and so it actually, uh, it actually comes from multiple places for musicians. You don't really have one, um, avenue of revenue. You have multiple sources. So for me, my main sources are, I have, um, performing, which is probably my biggest source. I have songwriting, which is another pretty substantial source. And then I have, I would say like miscellaneous. And that would be like, I give people music lessons or somebody hires me to lead worship at a church or, you know, whatever. And those are the miscellaneous ones. But my two would be songwriting and performing. Okay, cool. You can let him know. I will (laughs) let him know. I'll let him watch it. And uh, hey, you want to, you want to kick us out with a song? Oh, sure. Why not? I'll do a, I'll do a half song. I'll do, um, I feel like, the people want me to sing what my audition was. I was just going to say that. Okay. Yeah. I definitely have to do don't want you back. Here we go. Broke it off and now the minute how much I hated it. Tried to make it my fault. I convinced myself I'll never get over it Well, I guess I was wrong When I was yours, I didn't care one bit Now that I'm gone, it's like you won't hate me uh, That you regretted every day that you ended it But now I moved on Two, three, four You hate, I don't want you back Hate that I don't want you back uh, Hey, I don't want you back You know, when I first was trying to sing with you, I kind of got scared because I actually haven't really sang in public in a long time. Yeah. But uh, I was afraid I was going to sound like Blake. <laughs> I was about to say, you sound better than Blake and that's all that matters. <laughs> oh, for, for the moment, yes. That's the standard. Yeah. It's like professional sound better than Blake. That's, that's all you got to be. <laughs> oh, Blake, we love you, man. We love you so much, Blake. <laughs> Gina Fontanella, you are amazing. Thank you so much for coming onto the show and we'll have to have you back in the near future uh, and just update us on your journey. 
Thank you so much. Any, any, how can we support you through this process? You know, just please share the videos out. Anything that I post, um, American Idol related, or honestly, if it's not American Idol related, please just share it out to your friends. That'd, that'd really help me. I'm just trying to get my music out to as many people as possible. Well, you know what? I obviously we're going to share it through our our resources, but for you that are listening, you know, you got a great chance or a great opportunity to help someone in their career simply by reposting their video. And that's yeah. something that we can all do fairly easy. So my, my fellow alumni from ORU <laughs> and cousin of a best friend of mine, it's good to meet you in person. So nice and to meet you. I'm so excited. This has been so much fun. I, I really had a good time. Good. Likewise. Likewise. Well, I can't wait to have you back on and I know you have some stuff to do and uh, some quarantine to stay safe in. So, Hey, thanks for, for your Corona karaoke. We (laughs) we love watching it. So no problem. No problem. Hey, have a great night. You too. Bye. Bye. I hope you enjoyed the podcast. If you would, I'd greatly appreciate you subscribing as well as rating and even leaving us an objective review. It helps us with our ratings and spreading the message of the Whole Person Podcast. And now, may the Lord bless you and protect you. May the Lord smile on you and be gracious to you. May the Lord show you his favor and give you his peace. Thank you guys so much for listening today. Take care and God bless.